please join me in the prayer for illumination. Loving God, in the scriptures you give us stories, and in these stories we find ourselves. Breathe your spirit on these ancient words, and open to us the good news you long for us to receive. Amen. The reading is from Acts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Earlier this fall, I attended a writing workshop by a young writer named Mari Andrew. She is creative and she is quirky, and I discovered her during the pandemic. Her books and blogs are mostly presented in typed font, but some of the pages contain words in her own handwriting sprinkled with self-described amateur watercolor paintings. She's one of many writers who have surfaced in recent years as the genre of memoir has become more and more popular. Apparently, I'm not the only one interested in other people's stories. I think that's part of the reason I became a pastor. I like hearing about people's stories, their lives, those, all those stories that make up their life, and reflecting on my own experiences and observations, too. Mari herself was known to say this, show up with stories to tell. Your whole life prepares you for the big moments, like that interview, the first date, an important conversation. So go in confidently, knowing that you have years of experience to your name. Well, the New Testament lesson today is another one of our stories. From the second chapter of Acts, we hear about the story of the early church. The faith community has been birthed and now it is coming into shape. It's being formed. And much of what they're up to sounds like what we do today. They devoted themselves to the disciples' teachings. And today we have Sunday school lessons and small group activities. There was fellowship. We have a fall festival today. They worshiped and broke bread with one another. And so do we with a number of potlucks. And then there is this amazing thing we hear about in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit. One of my seminary professors once told us that the most important actor in the entire book of Acts in the New Testament is the actor, the Holy Spirit. God at work, showing up to shape a community, to motivate and encourage, a spirit that brings people together around a common purpose, a spirit that challenges and inspires. In response to God at work among them, the early worshipers, we are told, had generous hearts. They looked out for one another, made sure that everyone had what they needed. In a similar way, in a similar way, your generosity enables us to clothe and feed people quite literally. 
And your generosity helps us grow and learn in our work of racial justice. Your generosity enables youth to go on mission trips and for children of all ages to have a safe place to learn about the unconditional love of God. The church's story and our story are caught up in one another. Next Sunday, after worship in our fellowship hall, we will receive best-selling author Mark Iaconelli. He's an exceptional storyteller himself, and at the heart of his message is that stories have the power to save us. That's what he believes. His good friend, Anne Lamott, calls his latest book an owner's manual for the soul. I listened just earlier this week to an interview and he talked about a time in his life years ago when he was with a team of volunteers and they were planning to help and to serve at a refugee camp. Well, they were excited to be helpful, but when they arrived and showed up, Iaconelli and his friends were overwhelmed by the need and their spirits were crushed. They couldn't imagine doing anything that would improve the people's situations. The suffering was all too great. They felt helpless. But soon, Iaconelli began engaging the people in conversation. And quickly, they identified him as someone who would listen and hear and carry their stories. People stood in line just to talk and share. Mark Iaconelli goes on to say that one of the tragic mistakes we make as humans is that we don't act when we see suffering. In our feelings of helplessness, we fail to respond. But there is another response, a more life-giving response, and that is to the act of simply being present, the act of simply being present and holding space for someone to share their story. The person interviewing Mark Iaconelli worked alongside medical professionals who themselves had faced so much suffering and trauma. They themselves were often left feeling helpless. When the doctors and nurses stuffed down their pain and just plowed ahead, that's when things got dangerous. But when they were given the space to simply share stories of what they were going through with one another, the patient who died, the difficult diagnosis they had to deliver, then they began to feel less alone. They started feeling more connected and thus more hopeful. Joy comes, Iaconelli says, when people feel connected. He summarizes this process of storytelling by saying that it is all about an exchange of gifts one person sharing and another listening, then another sharing and more listening. An exchange of gifts. It reminds me of the words from Acts today. Everyone of value, everyone making a difference, everyone contributing, everyone having a part, everyone choosing a response in the midst of a seemingly helpless situation, choosing hope. And then what happens is that awe comes over the people as they consider the signs that God is performing in and among them. Friends, this is the work that we are up to here at University UMC. 
when we commit to the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us, doing our part, exchanging gifts, cultivating joy. It's a time to celebrate all that has been Commitment Sunday, and then perhaps even more to dream about all that is ahead as we live into God's preferred future. Over the last several weeks, in meeting with the staff and the leadership, we are excited about many things like growing our adult education offerings, both in person and virtually, increasing our care ministries in an effort to tend to one another more deeply. We see the Open Door Futures Committee imagining how Saturday morning outreach ministries might expand. And we wonder, we pray together about what our digital ministries might look like in the future. We consider, we consider a thriving state university just right next door to us. And remember that earlier this fall, volunteers right here in this congregation registered 300 students to vote. What does all of this mean? How it will all look in the future is in large part up to the Holy Spirit. But like the early church, it's on us too. How we show up for one another, in how we share our gifts, in the decisions we make now that will point us tomorrow in the direction of God's preferred future. At that writing workshop I attended weeks ago, the presenter gave us several different writing prompts and exercises. One exercise was to imagine a conversation between our younger self and our older self. This is actually something that comes from one of our books, one of those quirky little drawings of a little girl and an older woman. And she writes in her handwritten print, the author, these are the two people to impress your five-year-old self and your 95-year-old self. Well, one of these um, prompts that she gave to us from this drawing that she had made years ago is an exercise to imagine a conversation between our younger self and our older self. She went on to invite us to imagine what it would mean to, again, impress such people, our younger and older self, the responses were mixed, but for the most part, people in the room began reflecting on what, on that big meaningful question, that big meaning of life type question. How do I want to be remembered? What sort of legacy do I want to leave behind? And what is it that I am calling to do with my one wild and precious life? Friends, this is why I give my time and talent and tithe to ministries of University UMC. It's a commitment to live into God's preferred vision for the future. And when my time on earth is over, I want to say that I have been a part of making a difference. I'm grateful for you, for your commitment, for your generosity, for the many ways that you have already shown up to give of yourself to the work of God in this place.